Morena, and welcome to the final Dawn Chorus for 2023. I'm Bernard Hickey. It's Thursday, the 21st of December. I've spent the last uh, 12 or so hours, on and off, looking through the mini-budget in the half-yearly economic and fiscal update, looking at the various uh, commentary and reaction from people in the financial markets and other places to understand what was actually in this mini-budget and what it means. Remember, this was uh, much hyped by new finance minister Nicola Willis back on December the 4th in the news conference after the first cabinet meeting of the new government. She described the books that she had discovered as the scene of a crime of fiscal vandalism. She suggested that the previous Labour government had hidden from the public a whole bunch of cost blowouts and fiscal cliffs, things she called fiscal snails and fiscal snakes. So we've got fiscal snakes, snails and cliffs all hidden from the public and that they would be revealed or that was the indication, on December the 20th, when the half-yearly economic and fiscal update with the latest series of books and forecasts came out, along with a mini-budget. Now, you might recall before the election, when National was uh, um, campaigning to be the government, talked about having a 100-day plan and about having a type of night of the long knives uh, in a mini-budget before Christmas. Uh, However, the coalition negotiations took a bit longer than National was expecting. And so what we actually found in yesterday's mini-budget was uh, a lot of the things we were expecting were not actually there. We also found that the scene of the fiscal vandalism crime didn't actually show any evidence of crime. Uh, The way I've described it in the uh, email post with this podcast is that the smoking gun that we were all expecting turned out not to have any smoke or a barrel. And when I say no barrel, I'm talking about the likely track of the government's own plans to fund nearly $15 billion worth of tax cuts uh, with uh, spending cuts, new revenue, and and also uh, uh, changes in uh, benefits. So you might recall that the um, National Party planned to uh, reduce... Uh, taxation for landlords by removing the labour changes on interest deductibility and by um, shifting the bright line test back down from 10 years under labour to two years which was originally set up by national and also changing some tax thresholds and in work tax credits to deliver what it called um, tax relief for low to middle income families So we were sort of expecting some detail on that. Now we know that part of the way this was going to be paid for was a tax on foreign buyers. Now that's been ruled out by New Zealand Firsts 
involvement in the coalition. Um, and there's a lot of uncertainty now about what these income tax cuts would mean. We have more certainty on the tax cuts for landlords, which um, in yesterday's mini-budget we saw confirmation of the change from 10 years to 2 years for Brightline, the Brightline test for capital gains on rental property sales, uh, and that will kick in from uh, the middle of next year. We also got confirmation of the indexation change for the main benefits, i.e. everything except New Zealand superannuation, back from wage indexation to price indexation. Now that means that beneficiaries will get $676 million less over the coming years than they would have otherwise. So uh, what what we've seen is that the actual confirmations that come out in yesterday's budget were that beneficiaries would pay for earlier tax cuts for landlords and we don't have the detail on tax cuts for low to middle income earners and there's clearly disagreement between National and ACT on how to do it. National is keener on the threshold changes which would deliver cash in the hand to everyone who's paying tax whereas ACT is keener on uh, on changing the in-work tax credit, which is very targeted and aimed at working for families' families and which can be clawed back as their incomes rise. So, and obviously the ACT changes are more skewed towards people on higher incomes than people on lower incomes. The net result of all of this is that The government has actually only identified about $7.5 billion worth of cost reductions and increased revenues to pay for the so-called $15 billion of tax cuts that are coming. It's also um, clear from the mini-budget that um, there hasn't been a blowout in government spending in any way uh, from Labor, that the fiscal cliffs which it was indicated were hidden from the public, weren't hidden at all. They were clearly in the accounts for everyone to read and find, and they're always there. So Labour identified over 100 of fiscal cliffs that they were given by National when Labour took uh, charge of the books in 2017. So there is no smoking gun, and... The barrel of tax cuts and um, various measures to fund them is not there in detail. Now, this is um, excusable when you consider that the government didn't actually form until the end of November. And this budget, um, by necessity, um, includes only the latest uh, forecasts up to the end of September and doesn't include the outlook for the new government's plans, because most of those plans have not been decided on. Also, um, Treasury says that, from what it knows, it expects that the uh, various tax cuts and measures uh, will be fully offset, and that it will be, quote, broadly fiscally neutral, 
there's a lot of room in that broadly to um, move around and we'll be keeping an eye on that as we go. However, what's not said is whether it is distributionally neutral. So this is the idea that if you are going to have some sort of tax switch or various changes in government spending and revenues, that it doesn't hurt one group in society more than others. And that was something that the previous national government was at pains to say and plan when it did its big tax switch of 2010. This was the increase in GST to pay for tax reductions and changes to working for families. So back then, in 2010, National also promised fiscal neutrality, but it promised at that time distributional neutrality. And we never actually saw any sort of follow-up to test whether that actually happened, uh, but it was clear from the design of the tax changes that was the, the general idea, and it made um, at least prima facie sense. This time, however, there was no claim about um, distributional neutrality, and simply by looking at the makeup of the tax cuts and the various tax changes and spending changes, the burden will fall on the lower those on lower incomes. The benefits will go to those on higher incomes, and particularly those who own residential properties, particularly rental properties. This is in effect early tax cuts for landlords paid for by beneficiaries receiving less in benefits over the years, along with um, various spending cuts, uh, including on infrastructure, that um, will not go through. That's what we know from the budget of 2023, the half-yearly economic and fiscal update, the mini-budget of 2023. It was supposed to be a smoking gun. It ended up as a thing with no barrel and barely any smoke. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was today's Dawn Chorus, which will be the last for 2023. It won't be the last publication because we'll be putting out a couple of other bits and pieces before we finish for the year. Um, but if this is the last thing you hear for 2023 from uh, myself and the Kaka, I wish you a uh, warm, dry and safe uh, Christmas and New Year. And we will be returning, hopefully, uh, assuming there hasn't been a surprise resignation of Prime Ministers or anything like we had the previous summer in inverted commas, uh, then the first uh, publication will be January the 15th. Kaki te anō.